0: Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, Leader of the Heart. I want to welcome you to the Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Our new series today called Redefine, What We Want to Do is look at some of the ways the Bible, some of the ways that Jesus, some of the ways that the authors of the Bible redefine some of the things that were taught, redefine some of the concepts that we have learned. And and, and throughout this series, what I want for you... When it comes to a new series, the reason, we, the reason we have messages in series, the reason we spend three, four, five weeks on a particular topic is because we want, uh, I want you, I want myself, I want us as a community to kind of dig into this particular way of thinking. Anytime we do a series, it's meant to be challenging. It's challenging for me going through it, and I want it to be challenging for you. That's one of the big things we, we have uh, going on here at the heart. One of the big things that I want for you is to challenge your faith, to ask questions about your faith. And so maybe for the next couple of weeks, when, as we spend time together in this series called Redefine, maybe we can redefine your faith, redefine what faith even means for you. My, I, my faith was has been redefined a couple of times in my life. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but some of you know that many, many years ago, Amber and I, we, uh, we did in vitro IVF, trying to have a, a baby. It didn't work, and I had to redefine my faith because for a lot of my life, my faith was defined by: you pray to God, you do good things, you eat your lima beans, you know, you do all the things you're supposed to do, and then God delivers. God is there for those who are there for him. And so when we prayed for this baby and the baby didn't come, I needed to redefine my faith. I needed to redefine what faith in God meant to me. Now, it, now redefining things doesn't have to be as grandiose as your faith. I'm sure there's a lot of areas in your life that you have redefined. Is anybody in here married or maybe was married at one point in time? Okay, okay. Something about your personal time, your personal space became redefined when you got married. You had to redefine what personal space meant. Anybody ever had kids before? Had a kid living with them for a while? If you, uh, okay. A lot of your life was redefined when you had children. Anybody busier now than they used to be in life? Anybody? Not, not, I'm not. I'm putting my hand down for that. I'm on easy street. My wife, she's busy. She is busy. She, she redefines busy for me. If people say, Dominic, are you busy? I'm like, compared to who? Compared to me, it's been a wild day. I had a breakfast meeting. I had a lunch meeting. I had a nap. Plus, I'm trying to finish this Netflix show. It has been a doozer of a day. But for Amber, you know, she's up, she's taking calls, and she's, you know, I, I, if I get a chance to talk to her, if I hear her voice for like five minutes in a day, I'm like, wow, she really had a lot of free time. She needs to get it going. She needs to do, she needs to do her job. What is she wasting time talking to me for? Right? Even, even in our life, our busyness gets redefined, depending. I remember kind of growing up, I used to think when I was in middle school, yes, I still remember being in middle school. It was only, it was only 10 years ago. I remember being in middle school thinking, this is the busiest I'll ever be in my life. And then I got to high school, and I remember thinking, this is the busiest I'm ever going to be in my life. This is the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. And then I went to college, and I'm like, man, I really miss high school where I had nothing to worry about all the time. Does anybody ever remember a a time in your life where Saturday morning and you had nothing to do except whatever you wanted to do? Does anybody remember a time like that? This is interactive, so if I do this, that means I want you to raise your hand if you agree, okay? So what I want to do today, what I want to do with this is to redefine, redefine our faith. And maybe you're thinking you don't need your faith redefined, and and, and maybe you don't, maybe you don't. But I want you, I want to challenge you to be open to redefining your faith. Because it won't take a lot of research, it won't take a lot of reading into some of the things that Jesus said to see, to know, to observe that he is redefining things as people knew them. Now, if we're looking at ancient culture, let's say we're looking at particularly the people that are in this book, this ancient culture, these ancient people, who Jesus is there in front of, talking to in person we can see that they had some cultural norms okay they had some things that they knew some things that they did and some of those cultural norms some of those things they did in their society were were taught to them through religion some of those things were taught to them through the culture that they were living in right S- similar to how we are to how we are now there's different cultures around the world and doesn't matter if you're Christian, Jewish, or Muslim in America. There's certain things you learn in being an American culture. So if you were Christian, Jewish, and Muslim in England, you would have different cultural norms that were taught to you by that culture. But also within our different religions, our different faiths, our different spiritualities, there's different things that are normal to us there. So, so Jesus is addressing these things to people. And there's so many times where Jesus says, yeah, you know, you've been taught this before, but let me help redefine that for you. And if you look in the book of Matthew, you'll find it, it won't take a long search at all. In fact, if you if you want to if you want to check it out on your own, if you just Google search Jesus you have been taught, you'll you know, it's a whole list. Jesus talks about he talks about uh Uh, being angry. He compares anger to murder. He really does. One of the the laws of the ancient world, one of the Ten Commandments, maybe you've heard of those before, is you you shall not commit murder, don't commit murder. And Jesus says, you've been taught don't commit murder, but I'm going to redefine that. The spirit behind that, the heart behind that is a spirit of anger, of hatred. And so if if you're angry at someone, if you call someone an idiot, it's almost as bad. So if Jesus is going to redefine these things, what does it look like for us to redefine some of the ways that we approach our life? To redefine some of the ways we approach our faith. Okay, so we have. Uh, if you've been to the heart for any time at all, um, if I have more than one verse up on the screen, it's like we might as well read the whole Bible. And today I have three, so we're going to get into it a little bit. So what I want to talk about today is going to kind of inform the rest of the series. So if you can't be here for the rest of the series and you listen to it on the podcast or watch on YouTube, I want you to kind of have a foundation or a sense of where we're going with this. So I want to start off with the book of Matthew, and in the book of Matthew, and I've, I've mentioned this before, it's funny that it keeps coming up over the last couple of series, but this is what's referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. So there's this one particular uh, a group of, of verses, this kind of long passage in the book of Matthew that spans through about two and a half of the chapters, and it's this, this time where Jesus is taking time to just preach and teach to the people who are there willing to listen about how to live life about how to approach certain things that they deal with in everyday life. And many, many of the issues that he addresses are issues that we still face today. They're issues that have to do with humanity, with us as a people, not just specifically those people in those times. So I want to read uh, the book of Matthew. This is chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to be reading out of the New Passion translation, so your translation might look a a little bit different. That's no big deal. Jesus goes, he's going to be talking about fulfillment of the law. Now, let me say real quick, the law was very, very important to the Jewish people. Because the law wasn't just, what are we supposed to do? The law came from God. When it it refers to the law, it doesn't mean the law of the land, right? It doesn't mean, you know, the laws that come down from the House and the Senate. That's not what is meant by the law here. When Jesus refers to the law, he's talking about God's law. The rules you're supposed to follow if you are a child of God. And so it was a big deal. It was very, very serious. So when he addresses the law, he's not doing it lightly. So let's check out what he says. This is verse 17. If you think I've come to set aside the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets, you're mistaken. I have come to fulfill and bring perfection to all that has been written. If, you've come, if, if, if you think I've come to set aside, right? If you think I came to say, forget those rules, you don't have to worry about that anymore. I got the new rules. If you think I came to say, don't worry about having to do any of these rules anymore. I've got new rules for you to follow. Jesus says, you got it wrong. That's not why I'm here. He says, I'm here to fulfill those words. I'm not here to get rid of them. I'm here to fulfill them. I'm going to skip ahead to verse 20. Remember, if you ever want to kind of write these down or check them out on your own, I I highly encourage you to do that. Don't let let what I say or what you see up here be the only time you check out some of these verses. So verse 20, I'm going to jump down to verse 20. Watch this. For I tell you, unless your lives are more pure and full of integrity than the religious scholars and the Pharisees, you will never experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. That is a that is an extremely powerful and bold, it's almost a threat. <laughs> it's a threat. If you're not if you're not more, more pure and full of integrity than the religious scholars and the Pharisees, the religious and scholars and the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the time. Now, I have a few uh, people I follow on Instagram and, and, and read their books, and people who are religious leaders or spiritual leaders in the Christian world and all that kind of stuff, and, and I have some people that I read that are uh, uh, some Buddhist leaders and some Jewish leaders, and I, and I read some of these people and I have never once thought I am probably more pure than a lot of these people I read. I am probably more full of integrity than a lot of people that I follow who are spiritual leaders. I have thought I am more full of other things than some of these spiritual leaders that I follow. That I follow, But never have I thought I am more full of integrity than some of these people. So what an interesting, what an interesting threat, so, and, 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 and I, I say threat kind of, kind of tongue-in-cheek there. You, you, hang with me here. You have to be more pure. So Jesus is pointing us to something else because that is an overstatement. So we have to try to understand what is Jesus pointing us to? What is he trying to help us redefine? Maybe we are being asked to redefine what it means to have integrity. Maybe we are asked to, being, re, to, to uh, being asked to redefine what it means to be a religious scholar, what it means to be a spiritual leader. All right, now I want to read uh, this, uh, this next passage. This is the last one we'll read today. This is in the book of Mark. Now, Mark is also one of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is an account of Jesus on earth as well, some of the things that Jesus did, some of the stories that Jesus told. And what I want to do here in the book of Mark, there's a, there's a situation where, where somebody comes up and asks Jesus, because Jesus seemed to be bringing this new way, this new way of thinking, this new way of digging into God. Jesus seemed to be bringing this new way. So people naturally assumed, okay, so the old way is now gone. That's how our brains think. That's how we all think. If something is new and it's good, that means what is old must be bad. And it seems to me that instead of Jesus saying, no, you're going to throw away the old and now here's the new, he said, no, 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 the old is not bad. The old is great. We're going to redefine what it means. We're going we're to open our eyes. We're going to look at this with new, fresh eyes, not get rid of it and look at, and, and have this new thing. But it's this combination of all of it because the newness comes from us seeing this in a fresh perspective. The newness comes from redefining what the old was. What in your life is, is maybe old or has become older? Something that can be redefined. See, I don't think, I don't think because we just read it, (laughs) I don't think that Jesus came to get rid of rules. He came to redefine rules. Jesus redefined rules as freedom. Okay, so watch this. Somebody comes up and they ask Jesus. They say, now a certain religious scholar overheard Uh, overheard some people debating, and when he saw how beautifully Jesus answered all their questions, he posed one of his own and asked, teacher, which commandment is the greatest of all? And we see Jesus' response up here. Teacher, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment of all? Now, this is not a trick question, because him, this person asking this question, and, and more than likely Jesus, would have known a lot of the great commandments throughout their holy text, He would have known a lot of the strong commandments, the ones that were probably the best or important or well known. And watch what Jesus says. Jesus answered him The most important of all the commandments is this The Lord Yahweh, our God, is one. You are to love the Lord Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is this You must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself you will never find a greater commandment than these. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, does Jesus know that there's 10 commandments that we have chiseled in stone in America? Does he know that? Yes. Does Jesus know that there are over 600 commandments in the beginning parts of the Bible known as the Pentateuch? Yes. Yes. So where does Jesus get the nerve to shorten all of the commandments into two ones that he feels are the most important? I believe because he is redefining what is important. He is redefining what is important. See, Jesus simplifies the law. He simplifies all of the commandments into two. But you know what simplifying those commandments does? Watch this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Simplifying the law brings complexity to our faith. Simplifying the law brings complexity. Because now, when we run into a situation Now, let's say we only went by those two, love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that doesn't help a lot of specific situations that a lot of the commandments did. Now we have a lot of nuance to our faith. Now we have to ask ourselves, am I loving God and loving people the best that I can? That's up to you. See how, see how that brings complexity. Wouldn't it be a lot easier if I told you here's what you're supposed to do and as long as you follow these rules, then you're good to go. When we complicate our faith, it brings simplicity. Here's what I mean. I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you real quick, this is how you get to heaven. if you believe in heaven, I don't know where you are in your life, okay? This is how you get to heaven. Come to church 80 percent of the year give at least 5% of your income, okay? Read your Bible once a week, no more than 10 minutes. It's fine, okay, all right? And at least have one contemporary Christian artist in your Spotify playlist. If you do those things, you'll get to heaven, okay? See how easy that is? The rest, as you're you're thinking through that, you're like, okay, doable. Uh, The money part, ouch, but doable. Okay, read 10 minutes a week. I can handle that. Okay, music. Okay, I'm in. I think I'm getting to this heaven place. <whistles> right? The more, the more we simplify the rules, the more we make it super clear what you're supposed to do, now there's no complexity to your faith because you're just following the rules. Right? Now there's no complexity to your faith because as long as you hit these check marks, as long as you do these things, you're good to go. But Jesus says, there's no more checklist. There's not a checklist anymore. Instead of a checklist, I'm giving you freedom. You're free to do whatever you want. So instead of a checklist, I'm going to say, you can come to church whenever you want or don't. It's up to you. Giving money, you don't ever have to give. That's not what this is about. Do whatever you want. Read your Bible. I'm not there when you're reading it. Whether you do or don't, I can't see it and I don't care. See how, how, how when we remove the rules, freedom brings so much more complexity. It's so much so much easier to follow rules than it is to manage freedom. It's so much easier to follow rules than it is to manage freedom. So write this down if you're taking notes. Jesus gave us freedom to follow our faith, not rules. That's the freedom we have. Following rules, that's easy. You don't need to come to church on Sunday. You don't need to hear anything from me or anything from people like me. If you're going to follow rules, theres a, you can find lists of them everywhere. But following rules doesn't challenge anything. We are only challenged when we step into managing our freedom. That's when relationships are challenged, including our relationship with God. it's when we step into managing our freedom. Now, I know not everyone raised their hands earlier when they said that when I asked if you had children, but everyone in here can remember being 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, maybe you can't remember cuz you're not there yet. But there was there was I, I remember uh, I remember growing up and back when gas was a dollar a gallon and my parents when I, there was this. There was a There was a strict rule. I'm the oldest boy, so it was a strict rule. You had to be home by midnight. Home by midnight. And so, you know, I'm I'm pushing that. You know, I'm I'm leaving I'm leaving my friend's house. It was a Bible study. You know, so we were just um, it's a two kegger Bible study. <laughs> and I remember leaving just just barely enough time for me to get home by. 12:00 in 59 seconds. And then, and then, my parents, I think it was my senior year, they're like, you know what, no curfew. As long as you let us know you're where you are, as long as you let us know you're safe, you don't drink and drive, have fun. No curfew. Can anybody guess what time I was home on those nights I didn't have a curfew? Midnight. No one else is hanging out after midnight, at least when I was in high school. Or they weren't telling me where they were hanging out. (laughs) Ooh, ouch. (laughs) Managing freedom creates conflict. Managing freedom creates conflict, but it's that conflict as we manage our faith, as we step into our faith, it's that conflict that brings growth. Following rules is not going to grow your relationship with God, just like following rules will not grow your relationship with your children or your parents or your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. It's not, those are not what connect us. In fact, watch this. This is the last thing I want you to write down, and then we'll wrap up. When we live our life by rules, if we if we decide, if we dig into living our life by rules, our faith now stands between us instead of connecting us. Because now there's no room for connection because I got to follow the rules. And if you're not going to follow the same rules that I'm following, we can't connect. So now our faith stands between us. Now there's an us and them. You see that? Now there's an us and them. And Jesus says, hey, let's redefine what the rules are. Let's redefine rules as freedom. Now you have freedom love God. Now you have freedom to love others. Instead of saying you're supposed to, now we have the freedom. And the freedom to love God and the freedom to love others is going to be the most challenging thing that we'll face in our life. Because sometimes, sometimes what you pray for doesn't come true, doesn't come to pass. Sometimes in your relationship, there are arguments and people disagree. Not in mine. Everything's perfect in my marriage. Don't ask any more questions about that. Sometimes there is conflict, and, it's, and if we're stuck in rules, then our faith stands between us instead of connecting us, and I want your faith, I want your faith to connect you to others in your life. I want your faith to be a sticky connection point between you and the people around you, not something that separates you from them. There's already enough of that. There's already enough of that going on, of this us and them. Let's be people. Let's decide today. You decide today for you. Let's be people of faith, of the kind of faith that connects us to others, whether they follow the same rules we do or not. That's tough. That's challenging. For some people, it's impossible. But I want to challenge you with that today, just like I'm going to challenge myself with that. If you could close your eyes and bow your head just for a moment, I want to pray with you today. God, thank you for the opportunity to be in this room together, to be learning together, to be growing together. God, I pray that we would be bold and brave enough this week to challenge our faith, to let our faith be something that connects us to people, not separates us because of rules, but connects connects us through faith. We thank you for that, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheartchurch/next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.